Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. In primary school, uh, my mum was a regular volunteer at the canteen. Great mum. But she wasn't just any kind of regular volunteer. She was a volunteer with a mission. And that mission was to teach every child in my school better manners. So, if you didn't say please, you didn't get served. And when she handed the food to the kids, she didn't let go until they said, Thank you. Thank you. Such a simple phrase, but so powerful. Given I'm my mother's son, it probably doesn't come as a surprise that I also stand for this mission. I love that word, thank you. It's such an easy way to show someone else that you respect and appreciate them. Good manners do that. They have the power to show appreciation, honor, respect. But what if saying thank you doesn't just have the power to impact the person being thanked? What if it has the power to impact the person saying thank you as well? What if gratitude opens us up to more of God's grace? In 1 Thessalonians 5, amongst this beautiful list of commands, we have this deceptively simple sentence. Rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It'd be so easy to read those commands and just kind of start to feel a burden. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. But remember... If you were there a couple of weeks ago, Ron talked about this in his sermon. He said that God's commands aren't meant to crush us. They aren't meant to make our lives harder or worse. When we read commands in the New Testament, it's better to think of them as gracious invitations or as invitations into grace. Look at verses 23 and 24, same passage. Paul writes, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. God isn't out to get us. He's absolutely committed to us. He wants to see us flourish. And when he calls us to do something, it's for our own good to sanctify us, to make us holy through and through, to keep us blameless in spirit, soul and body until Jesus comes to take us home. When God, through Paul, tells us to give thanks in all circumstances, it isn't that God just wants us to have better manners. He wants so much better for us than that. He's inviting us to experience the transforming power of gratitude. Gratitude opens us up to grace. There aren't a lot of commands that come to mind for me, at least, in the Bible to have gratitude. You won't find a Bible verse that just says, your whole life needs to be characterized by gratitude. 
But the example of gratitude comes up again and again and again. In the Old Testament, we have so many stories of people that show their gratitude to God. The Psalms are full of thanksgiving. In the New Testament, almost all Paul's letters start the same way. They start with his greetings, and immediately after the greetings, he starts with an expression of thanks. And then Jesus, on the night before he died in preparation for his death, took bread and wine and gave thanks. Gratitude isn't commanded many times in the Bible, but it is encouraged again and again and again. And I want to take some time this evening to suggest why that might be the case. Why is it encouraged so often? Why is it so important for us? I want to suggest five ways in which gratitude opens us up to God's grace. Five ways in which thankfulness allows us to experience more of God's goodness and his kindness. After that, we'll have another list of four ideas to help us grow in gratitude and then we'll be done. That's the structure. So, how does gratitude open us up to God's grace? Number one, giving thanks helps us to notice more. Giving thanks helps us to notice more of God's blessings. At the beginning of this year, in our staff team, uh, in our weekly staff meeting, we added an extra element. Uh, During the staff meeting, we take a time to give Thanksgiving prayers about things we've seen God doing in our church in the previous week. And it's become a really encouraging time in our staff meeting to hear what's happening in these different ministries we might not be directly involved in. But Ron pointed something out to me this week. He pointed out that that section of our meeting is now going for longer and longer and longer. And the pauses in prayer between different people taking a turn praying, those pauses and silences are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. We're giving thanks for more things each week. Is God doing more in our church now than six months ago? Maybe. But maybe, maybe the act of expressing thanks has been slowly training our eyes to see what God has already been doing. God's blessings are for those who see them. And if we're not seeing God's blessings, if we're not seeing how he's working, then we run the risk of missing out on the blessing entirely. But the practice of gratitude trains us to see those blessings more and more. Gratitude, then, is an action that leaves us feeling more blessed. But gratitude doesn't just help us notice a greater quantity of things that God is doing. Number two, giving thanks helps us appreciate God's blessings more. The things we give thanks for most are the things we learn to appreciate best. Have you ever noticed how the act of saying, wow, enhances the experience of enjoying something? So, oh, wow, that sunset is amazing. Oh, my goodness, this pizza is so good. The Christian author G.K. Chesterton once wrote that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. I read that quote about a week ago, and it's been running through my mind ever since. Happiness, gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. When we stop to marvel at a good thing, when we wonder at it, when we give thanks for it, Our happiness is doubled. We appreciate it even more. Gratitude opens us up to grace. Number three, 
Giving thanks helps us rejoice more. Look back at verses 16 to 18 again. It's really just where I'm sitting tonight. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. There's a connection between these little phrases. The 19th century preacher Charles Spurgeon once said, When joy and prayer are married, their firstborn child is gratitude. Joy and prayer will produce gratitude. But I think the reverse is true as well. Gratitude also leads us to joy. Following a 2017 study, psychologists concluded that over time, those who make a habit of expressing gratitude experience an increase in their feelings of joy. The researchers noticed that joy could lead to gratitude, but also the reverse, that gratitude could lead to joy, and called it an intriguing upward spiral. But I think the Bible authors were all over this 2,000 years ago. A 2003 study concluded people that recorded what they were grateful for once a week became more optimistic and began to have less physical symptoms of stress. A 2019 study noted that keeping a daily gratitude list for just 14 days can lead to more positive emotions, less negative emotions, higher satisfaction with one's life, and a decrease in symptoms of depression. Obviously, being thankful won't to solve all our problems, but it is a powerful practice that God is inviting us into. Gratitude opens us up to God's grace because gratitude opens us up to joy. Number four, giving thanks helps us to receive more. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German pastor before and during World War II. His opposition of Hitler led to his execution in 1945. And as he watched the Nazi party destroy his country through the 1930s, he trained pastors at an underground Bible college. The Bible college was illegal because it wasn't affiliated with the Nazi party. We might think that Bonhoeffer didn't have much to feel thankful about. But in Life Together, a book that he wrote that was released in 1939, he wrote this. Only the one who gives thanks for little things receives the big things. We prevent God from giving us the great spiritual gifts he has in store for us because we do not give thanks for daily gifts. How can God entrust great things to the one who will not thankfully receive from him the little things? Now, it would be easy to twist this. I don't mean to say that saying thank you for little things means now God is forced to give you even more stuff. But I think Bonhoeffer is right. If we can't even appreciate the smaller ways in which he blesses us, why should we expect God to entrust to us even greater blessings? Number five, giving thanks helps us to trust more. In verse 18, Paul says to give thanks in all circumstances. Corrie ten Boom was a Dutch woman who also lived during World War II. When Germany invaded the Netherlands, Corrie, her sister Betsy, and their father Caspar started hiding Jewish people in their house until they could smuggle them away to safety. Eventually, the Ten Booms were caught and sent to a concentration camp. And Corrie describes the whole story in her book that she wrote, The Hiding Place. She writes, 
about the sleeping arrangements in the concentration camp. She writes about trying to sleep on this big platform covered in rancid straw in a crowd of other women. And this description of what happens next goes for a couple of pages, but I'm just going to read it all for you. She says, Suddenly I sat up, striking my head on the cross slats above. Something had pinched my leg. Fleas, I cried. Betsy, the place is swarming with them. We scrambled across the intervening platforms, heads low to avoid another bump, dropped down to the aisle and edged our way to a patch of light. Here, and here, another one, I wailed. Betsy, how can we live in such a place? Show us. Show us how. It was said so matter-of-factly, it took me a second to realize she was praying. More and more, the distinction between prayer and the rest of life seemed to be vanishing for Betsy. Corey, she said excitedly, he's given us the answer before we asked, as he always does. In the Bible this morning, where was it? Read that part again. I glanced down the long, dim aisle to make sure no guard was in sight, then drew the Bible from its pouch. It was in First Thessalonians, I said. In the feeble light, I turned the pages. Here it is. Comfort the frightened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seeks to do good to one another and to all. Go on, said Betsy, that wasn't all. Oh yes, to one another and to all. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. That's it, Corey, that's his answer. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's what we can do. We can start right now and thank God for every single thing about this new barracks. I stared at her and then around me at the dark, foul-aired room. Such as, I said. Such as being assigned here together. I bit my lip. Oh yes, Lord Jesus. Such as what you're holding in your hands. I looked down at the Bible. Yes, Thank you, dear Lord, that there was no inspection when we entered here. Thank you for all the women here in these, this room who will meet you in these pages. Yes, said Betsy. Thank you for the very crowding here, since we're packed so close that many more will hear. She looked at me expectantly. Kari, she prodded. Oh, all right. Thank you for the jammed, crammed, stuffed, packed, suffocating crowds. Thank you, Betsy went on serenely, for the fleas and for... The fleas? This was too much. Betsy, there's no way even God can make me grateful for a flea. Give thanks in all circumstances, she quoted. It doesn't say in pleasant circumstances. Fleas are part of this place where God has put us. And so we stood between piers of bunks and gave thanks for fleas. And Corey concludes this section. But this time I was sure Betsy was wrong. Corey goes on to describe the next couple of weeks of living in this barracks and about how there's an unusual lack of guards in their sleeping arrangements. They're being harassed way less here than elsewhere in the concentration camp. And so they start a Bible study in the barracks at night and different women start coming to know Jesus for the first time. But it's only a couple of weeks later that they learn that the guards don't come in this room because they're afraid of the fleas. Do you see how giving thanks helped them to keep trusting God even in that darkest place? 
Well, I do wonder if there might be a difference between giving thanks for all things versus giving thanks in all things. I don't want to take anything from what Corrie Ten Boom wrote. Corrie and Betsy Ten Boom were spiritual giants, and I'm so humbled by them. But even if we find their example of giving thanks for all things too much, we do always have reason to give thanks, no matter what our circumstances. Because in all circumstances, we still have Jesus. No matter how hard a situation, no matter how long a season, we still have Jesus. We still have this, this man, this king, who loved us and died for us. We still have his forgiveness. We still have the hope of heaven waiting for us. In the meantime, we still have his companionship, his concern, his comfort. But if we aren't in a regular habit of giving thanks for Jesus and all the blessings that he extends to us, then we probably just won't appreciate how overwhelmingly God has blessed us in him. That gratitude opens us up to grace. Gratitude is a a way, it's a, a means to experience more and more of God's grace. So, how can we grow in gratitude? I want you to ask each other that question before you leave tonight. Ask somebody else, how could we go about growing in gratitude? But for now, here are some quick thoughts of my own. I'm confident your parents raised you right and you are in the habit of saying thank you to people. So I won't tell you to start saying thank you to people. But when you say thank you to people, I want you to try and build on that habit. Start to make eye contact and smile. Give weight to your words for their sake and for yours. Number two, Use the prayer journal. I've left mine somewhere in the church. Uh, Not very helpful there. Uh, Use the prayer journal that we've been promoting this month. We're not asking you to do something different to the other weeks of this series. Use the prayer journal because every day in the prayer habits journal, it starts with thanksgiving. It starts with a short list and encourages you each day to think harder and harder about what you can give thanks to God for. I've been praying in this style of opening with thanksgiving for quite a while now, and I swear it's changing me. It's increasing my gratitude. It's, it's growing my joy. Number three. Make it part of your routine to not leave church each week without saying thank you to someone for something. If you forget, send them a message later. Thank the people for their welcoming. Thank the, the band who practice on a Thursday night and then come early to practice again on a Sunday and, and play for us. Thank the people that work so hard on tech with really complicated, confusing issues that come up. Thank the people serving supper. Thank your community group leaders. There's so many different people you could say thank you to. That's a match. We want to be a place of grace and a people of grace. And if we're going to be that, then we have to be extending gratitude to each other again and again. Number four, say thank you to God even when you're not feeling it. If we won't act until our hearts are right, we're going to be waiting a long time. 
But the good news is that our, our habits, our actions can actually change our hearts. Can you think, maybe it was tonight for you, can you think of a time when you came to church with a bad headspace, but you made yourself sing? And then by the end of that first song or that second song or by that, even that third song, you find that you're in a new headspace. Your heart's changed. So give thanks. Sing praises and let your habit of gratitude lead your heart into gratitude too. As if we didn't already have enough things to be thankful for to God. We can add this as well. That in being thankful, we get to experience more of his grace. How good he is to us. Elsewhere, Paul writes, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be all glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmatts.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.